0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 33, Deuteronomy chapter 33, the name of the message is held in everlasting arms, Deuteronomy chapter 33, this is where we'll find our text today, and these are some of the final words of Moses to the people of Israel, these are part of Moses' final blessing on the people of Israel of Israel. And we know from our studies in the scriptures that Israel is a picture of the church, a picture of the born-again, blood-washed people of God, a purchased people, a separated people, a chosen people from all the others in the world. And so as we look at these words, as we go through this scripture, what great comfort we can find as God's people in these wonderful words, these wonderful words that Moses speaks to the people of Israel. Now we live in times of uncertainty right now, and in these times of uncertainty, we who are the people of God, we need comfort, beloved. In texting and talking to several Grace preachers this week, and well, actually in the last month, this is something that we've all had laid upon our hearts. That during these uncertain times, God's people need to be comforted, and we need to be comforted as well as preachers. The scriptures declare to us, so as preachers, it commands us, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. And this is true in all times, isn't it? This is not just true in these times of uncertainty, but this is also true in all times, all times. Because we know that the Lord reigns and we know that whatever events occur that we see unfolding in this world unfold due to the will and providence of our great God, all according to his purpose and all according to his will. And so God's people are told in the scriptures to comfort the Lord's people. Now, the only way we can comfort you and the only way we can be comforted as God's sheep as well is through the preaching of the word of God, the preaching of the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace and to listen to the preaching of the gospel of salvation in Christ alone and to listen to a message about the atonement that is complete, finished by the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation that is absolutely complete, finished, finished. And we are complete in Christ, Paul wrote to the Colossian believers. Oh, what a wondrous truth that is for we who are the people of God. The only way for, again, the people of God to be comforted is listen to the preaching of the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace and salvation in him and him alone. The only way for us to be refreshed and revived, as I mentioned in Wednesday night, in the message on Wednesday night, to have a steady diet of the preaching of God's sovereign grace. This will turn our eyes to Christ, the preaching of the gospel. This will turn our eyes away from the world and point us to Christ. All the circumstances that are occurring in the world right now, all the different things that are occurring, we are told by Paul, what we looked at a few weeks ago, set your mind on things above, set your affection. On things above and that's speaking of Christ we're to set our minds and our hearts upon Christ so with this in our minds let's read Deuteronomy chapter 33 we'll read verses 26 to 29 and again these are some of the final words of Moses in blessing the people of Israel scripture says in Deuteronomy 33 verse 26 there is none like unto the God of Jeshua who rideth upon the heaven in thy help and in his excellency on the sky. So right off the bat, we're told there's none like our God. None, none. The scripture declares there's none like unto him. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And think of this. The only thing that we know about our great God is what he's revealed to us in scripture. There's so much more about him that we don't even know. He's so magnificent. He's so great. He's so holy. He's so righteous. Oh, he's infinite, beloved. He's infinite. And then it says, look at this in verse 27. And what comfort the, the believer can glean here in these words, right? The eternal God is thy refuge. Look how it's personalized, thy. The eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, my. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. "'Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. "'The fountain of Jacob shall be upon a land of corn and wine, "'and his heavens shall drop down dew.'" And in verse 29, "'Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, "'O people saved by the Lord.'" Oh, what a wonderful statement there. "'The shield of thy help, who is the sword of thy excellency? "'And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee. "'Thou shalt tread upon their high places.'" So what wonderful words we see here in this passage, the words that I'd like us to really focus in on today will be the words found in verse 27, where it says, And underneath are the everlasting arms. We'll be considering that today. But let's look first before we do that. Let's look first at some other gems that are sprinkled through these verses through this portion of scripture. Note that we see in verse 26, Moses has been blessing the people of God, again, under the spirit of God, by God, the Holy Spirit. And note how he breaks out in adoration and praise to our great God in verse 26. says, there is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help and in his excellency on the sky. Oh my, in the midst of blessing the people of God, Moses breaks out and prays to the God who's blessing Israel, the one true God. And there is none like him. He's the living God. All those other idols, all those other supposed gods are just dead idols, beloved. Just dead idols. Our great God, he's the one true and living God. The one true and living God. The scriptures declare that dying Jacob in the midst of blessing his children cries out, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. And isn't that not true? We wait for his salvation. We wait the salvation of this body, don't we? When we will be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord with a new body. We're saved, we who are the people of God. But do we not wait until the Lord delivers us from this body of death oh my what a glorious day that'll be what a glorious day that will be and here also Moses breaks out in praise to the God of Jeshurun and we will see how sweet and striking this verse is and the following three verses of Moses they're so they're so sweet and striking in praising the God of Israel and in telling the Israel of God the people of God that they are a blessed people in the Lord that's what we, we need to be reminded of that, don't we? I know we know that, but I need to be told that all the time. Oh my, he's our shield. He's our helper. I remember getting a text from Brother Matt when the whole thing first started and he's just, the Lord is my shepherd and the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my protection, my hiding place. Oh, it was wonderful to receive. And just to see that trust and rest amidst all the things that he was seeing in the front lines in the ER room my and what a blessed people we are we see in verse 27 for the people of god god is our refuge and we are protected from our enemies not by just anyone right the enemies of our country were protected by the armed forces here in this country right but we are protected beloved by our physical enemies and by our spiritual enemies by the great i am by the great i am Look what it says in Deuteronomy 33, verse 27. The eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. So we see then in verse 28 as a result of our great God protecting us, his people. Look, we see a result brought forth in verse 28. A result of God protecting us is that we will dwell in safety we dwell in safety, beloved. Now we go through things in this world. Let me tell you, we all know that. But this scripture says we dwell in safety, beloved. Now they can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul, right? Oh, look what it says here in Deuteronomy 33, verse 28. This is wonderful. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon a land of corn and wine and his heavens shall drop down dew. Then we see the manifold blessings unfolding for the born again blood-washed believer is of God as we are a people saved by the Lord in him alone look at verse 29 look at this it's so clear isn't it salvation's not by anything we do if we're saved we're saved by the Lord alone that's what the scripture even declares here look what it says Deuteronomy 33:29 see these nuggets just spread through this text happy art thou O Israel who is like unto thee O people saved by the Lord the scriptures declare this this is not my opinion or any other grace preacher's opinion the scriptures declare a people saved by the lord this is wonderful this is marvelous so as jonah 2 9 said salvation is of the lord look at this i'm going to read that part again it's so wondrous i'm going to read it again happy art thou O israel who is like unto thee O people saved by the lord the shield of thy help he's a shield about us beloved He's the shield of our help. And who is the sword of thy excellency? And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. Oh my, what manifold blessings come forth just from this verse alone. A people saved by the Lord. Who is like unto thee? No one. It's God who's done this wondrous thing for us. Just like God separated the nation of Israel from all the other nations of the world. So God separates his people from amongst all the people of the world. And they are a people, beloved, saved by the Lord. They are a people saved by the Lord. And he is the shield of our help, isn't he? And we declare that. He's our hiding place. He's our pavilion. He's our city of refuge, isn't he? Oh my, my. We see the salvation in Christ alone proclaimed so clearly here in the Old Testament, don't we? Look at this with these words. "O people saved by the Lord. So let this wonderful truth just sink in, beloved. Sink in deep into your souls. Beloved, the people of God have the eternal God as their refuge. We have the eternal God as our refuge. Jehovah is engaged in all his covenant relations for our defense. It is he, Jehovah, the self-existent one, God, who will protect the people of God. Just as it is he who governs all the affairs of this world. Even right now. In the midst of what we're going through. You ever heard this stuff I've been hearing on TV. It just makes me sick. Science will save us. No. God saves. God saves. God's the only one who could save. And when this when this trial. And this, this pandemic. That we're going through. When the Lord has determined it to end. It will end at that exact second. And that by his almighty power. He governs this world. And it's he who we are to give praise to, isn't it? It's he who we are to give praise to. Because he's the almighty. And he alone, he alone is worthy of of all praise. He alone is worthy of all glory. Our great God. That's why we praise our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he alone is worthy. And he is God incarnate in the flesh. The word of God became a man, humbled himself. And became a man and was obedient to God's law in our place. The perfect substitute. Then he goes to Calvary's cross and he dies. The perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God. Satisfying the justice of God in the place of his people. Hallelujah, what a savior. Then he's raised for our justification. And right now, right now, right this second now. And the ones that will come. He rules and reigns and governs in majesty at the right hand of the father right now. So think upon this, God's people dwell securely and safely in their God. How can we say that? Well, because we're in Christ. He's the head and we're the body and we dwell safely in him. Again, you've heard me mention this before. The ark is a beautiful picture of God's people being safe in Christ, not a drop of rain, fell upon those who were in the ark just as not a drop of God's wrath will fall upon God's born again blood-washed people because we are safe in Christ in Christ alone he alone is the refuge of our souls he alone he alone is the eternal son of God it is he who has purchased us purchased us purchased our eternal souls with his precious precious blood So read these truths that we looked at in these verses here with an eye to the gospel church of the Lord Jesus Christ and what comfort this will bring to the people of God. What comfort this will bring to the elect of God. And look at the gospel church of the Lord Jesus Christ and see the Israel of God in Christ. We are in him and we are safe in him. Oh, he shed his precious blood. The God-man shed his precious blood on Calvary's cross. In our place, beloved, in our place. And he did it before God because that's who we've offended. That's who we've offended in our sinfulness. And we know we're sinners from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We know that. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he died in the room and place of every single one of his sheep. Every one of them. And you know what the the, the wonderful news is? He put away the sins of every one of his sheep and all our sins for we who live today were all future and our lord jesus christ put them away paid for it all hallelujah what a savior what a savior is jesus christ our lord and now we as believers so we sin more than we want to don't we we desire to not sin at all but we're just sinners Still in this body of flesh, and we struggle with sin. But praise be to God, the scriptures declare for us in Christ there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What wonderful words those are. And Christ did this all by shedding his precious blood on Calvary's cross to redeem, to purchase our eternal souls. And then the believer is clothed in Christ's righteousness. And it's Christ and Christ alone. It's in him alone that we have eternal security, beloved. All according to the everlasting covenant, which cannot be broken and which secures the people of God in Christ. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit made an eternal everlasting covenant in eternity past. Oh, my. And God gave a people to Christ and Christ said, I'll redeem them. And the Holy Spirit said, I'll fix them. They'll be born again. Oh, my. And here, not lose one. And we don't know who they are. So keep praying for your family. Keep praying for your friends. Keep praying for your co-workers. Keep praying for people you know in the community. Because we have no idea who the sheep of God are. So you just keep praying for them until they breathe their last breath, beloved. That's what I do. That's what I do. Just keep praying for them. Just keep lifting them up. Oh my, what a great God we have. And God is not only the support and security of his people... But he is our refuge, beloved. He's our refuge. He's our hiding place. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Actually, first go to go to Psalm 37, 7, and then we'll go through. It'll be easy that way. We'll go through as, as the uh, progress through these few verses here that I want to bring out. Psalm 37, verse 7. Our Lord God is is not only our Savior, but he's our support and he's our security. He's our refuge, beloved. He's our hiding place. He's our... Everlasting and eternal city of refuge. Psalm 37 7, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Rest in the Lord. Just repose in Him. Don't do anything, just rest in Him. Right? Because the work's finished, right? We're to rest in the fact that Christ has completed the work of salvation and we are to just repose in our Savior. Rest in Him, it says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Himself. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way. Don't fret because evildoers are prospering. No, we know their end, don't we? If the Lord doesn't save them. Oh, my. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Look look at this nugget in this verse. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him and fret not thyself. My. That's the hardest thing for a believer to do is just rest, isn't it? Isn't it? Joe Terrell said that once before and I, 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 I will amen him. The hardest thing for us to do is just rest. But the scripture here declares in Psalm 37 7 beautiful rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him fret not thyself. My Lord give us grace give us strength to do that. Then turn if you would to Psalm 46 verse 1 going along with our verses that we looked at in Deuteronomy chapter 33. Look at this in Psalm 46 verse 1 God God Jehovah Elohim Jehovah Jireh God is our refuge and strength. He's our refuge that we run to. He's our strength because we know we've been taught that we are weak, but he is strong. Then look what it says here, a very present help in trouble. Have you ever thought, you who are the people of God, that all the things you went through in your life, the Lord had his eye upon you during all those times? I was talking to Sister Betty about this. All the times in our lives, even before we were saved, he had his eye upon us, watching over us, taking care of us even when we had shaken our fist at him and how much more now do we who are the people of god see that in our lives when we can look back and go my oh my look look at all that the lord took me through i had no care for him oh what a gracious god what a loving god our great god is and it says here in psalm 46 verse 1 god is our refuge he's our hiding place At all times, not just during this time of uncertainty, but all times for the believer, eh? All times. And he's our strength, a very present help in trouble. He's ever with us. He's never left us. Have you ever thought of that? Even when we're alone, he has never, ever left us. Even when we were off in rebellion, he never left us. His eye was ever upon us. My. And then turn, if you would, to Psalm 90, verse 1. This is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And look what he writes in verse one of Psalm 90. He says this, and think of this. This is true for all. We know that we are a chosen generation. God's people are chosen out of every generation, right? We know that. Peter brings that forth very clearly in scriptures. We saw that when we studied the two books of Peter. Look what's brought forth here in Psalm 90, verse one. You know, set apart. This means we've been set apart, beloved. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. My, God is the dwelling place of his people in all generations, in our generation right now, and then if the Lord tarries, even the next generations. My, oh my. And then turn to Psalm 116, verse 7. The scripture declares here, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Look at that. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. Who's our rest? Who's the rest of every single believer? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Sabbath. He's our rest. And it says, return unto thy rest, O my soul. We we wander off, don't we? We get doing things on our own strength. And the scripture tells us, return unto thy rest. Just keep going back to Christ. Return unto the rest of your soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Oh my, how he has dealt bountifully for us. All spiritual blessings are in Christ for we who are the believers. All our sins are forgiven, washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, clothed in his perfect spotless righteousness. And not a drop of God's wrath will fall upon us because it fell upon Christ in our place. I ask you then, you who are a born again, blood-washed child of God, has the Lord not dealt bountifully with you? Oh, oh, we say amen and amen. Now one may ask, how is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ provided for? Every individual believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has all spiritual blessings in Christ. Every individual believer has all spiritual blessings in Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ. All the promises of God are what? Yea and Amen in Christ. Therefore, all the promises of God apply to the believer in Christ. Now that, that'll make your heart sing. For every individual believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, all the blessings of God are secured to us, all through the everlasting covenant, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ, our Lord, who ratified the everlasting covenant with the shedding of his precious, precious blood. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter nine, with the shedding of his precious blood. we we'll see this wonderful truth brought forth. And rejoice, child of God, you have all you need and all you will ever need In Jesus Christ, our Lord, all you will ever need and all you do need is found in Christ. Look at this in Hebrews chapter nine, verses 11 to 17. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, verse 11, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained, oh, praise God. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. He purchased eternal redemption for us with the shedding of his precious, precious blood. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, look at this, without spot to God, he offered himself up at Calvary's cross, without spot before God perfect sinless spotless oh my purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living god and notice notice that the blood of goats and calves there they can't take away sin we know that but the blood of Christ is the only thing that can take away our sin put away our sin before God and then look at verse 15 and for this cause he is the mediator of the new testament that by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testimony testament they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator so christ had to die he had to die to ratify the everlasting covenant to shed his precious blood for the redemption of his people to obtain eternal redemption for his people his blood had to be shed beloved again for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of a testator for a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Christ had to die. He came to this world knowing that he had to die for his people. Knowing that was his whole mission, beloved, was to live the perfect life to fulfill God's law in our place and then to die the sacrificial lamb of God on Calvary's cross to ratify the everlasting covenant with his precious, precious blood. And this is not the blood of just anybody. This is the blood of the God-man, beloved. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the blood of God incarnate in the flesh. My, the seed of the woman, the scripture declares him. We get our sin from our daddies, don't we? We get our sin nature from our dad, but he is the seed of the woman. My, oh my, he is perfect. He's sinless. He's spotless, beloved. He is conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. God prepared a body for him. For the Word of God, the second person of the Trinity, He became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, glory, glory, glory. This is wondrous. This is wondrous, beloved. So these precious truths of all the blessings we have in Christ: salvation from our sins, redemption by his precious blood, sanctification, justification, eternal security, an eternal hiding place, these precious truths will make the people of God. Very happy, joyful. No wonder Moses said in verse 29, Happy art thou, O Israel, who, look what he writes, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord. No wonder he penned those words. Now let us consider the words in verse 27 of this chapter. After looking at some of those nuggets that were just cast within that passage, let's look now and consider these words in verse 27. The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Now, do you remember when you were little, when you were scared or when you had hurt yourself that your mom or your dad would take you into their arms and tell you everything's going to be OK? Everything's going to be OK. Do you remember the comfort that this brought to your soul? We may have tears streaming down our face and they'd wipe away our tears and tell us it's going to be OK. You're going to be all right. And what comfort we felt just from those words. Oh, what comfort this brought to our hearts when this occurred. And Do you remember when you got older and had children and how they would snuggle into your arms and when they were scared or hurt and how you would say the same words to them that your mom and dad said to you? It's okay, sweetie. Daddy has you now or mama has you now. You're going to be okay. As a father or mother, you did this because you love your children. You wanted to comfort them. You wanted to take away their fear. Now think of this on a far larger scale, beloved of God. Our text proclaims here that the eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Now we sought refuge, didn't we? In our parents' arms. That's what we were seeking. We were seeking rescue or comfort or refuge within our parents' arms. And our children sought refuge in our arms. But rejoice, child of God, the eternal God, Jehovah, is your refuge. And underneath you, wrapped around you, are the everlasting arms of God. God's arms are arms where the embrace can never be broken. Because they are the everlasting arms of God. They can never be broken. That embrace can never be broken, beloved. Here is an arm that can never be broken. These arms are the arms of he who upholds all things by the word of his power. And we who are the people of God are secured in his arms by his almighty power, embraced in the arms of our great God who lovingly upholds us, who lovingly upholds us by his everlasting arms, which are full of all power and might. Again, let's read it again. Thy the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. So what a beautiful figure we have brought forth here before we who are the people of God. We know that we lack the strength to keep ourselves, but rejoice, weak and weary pilgrim of the Lord. Rejoice, weak and weary Christian, brother and sister in Christ. You and I have the everlasting arms of God upholding us, carrying us through all things in this life. These embracing arms, they are the arms of the everlasting Uh, Brother John and I were talking yesterday about today's message, and he brought forth that the arms of God which uphold us are the same everlasting arms that reached out and pulled Peter up when he was sinking after walking on the water. Remember, he got his eyes off Christ and he started to sink. Well, these same everlasting arms that hold you and I are the same everlasting arms that reach down and pull Peter up. Oh my. Beloved, beloved of God, these everlasting arms are the same everlasting arms which pull us up when we fall, when the waters and trials and tribulations of life are about to overwhelm us. It is he who lifts us up, beloved, out of those waters. And it is the everlasting arms of God which embrace us and are underneath us, upholding us during all times and keeping us in the way and again these everlasting arms are arms of protection as a father puts his arms around his child or a mother puts their arms around their child when they are in danger so God protects his children when trials and tribulations on every side come and they come fast don't they and a lot of times they come unexpected know that the everlasting God has us in his arms even while we're going through the trial and tribulation. Even when we think we're far away from God, he's ever with us, ever watching over us, ever keeping us. And life comes fast with various perils. And we who are the sheep of God, we need much protection, don't we? We need much protection. Behold, the great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh. It is he who upholds us in his everlasting arms. My, what a savior we have. Also think of the love which is manifest in these verses here before us what love is brought forth what affection god has for his children for his people the father's arms around the child means love our parents used to lovingly embrace us when they would tell us everything's going to be okay that's why we felt safe and the father's arms around the child means love the child is held in his bosom right near the heart just as christ when he was laying down john laid his head upon the bosom of the lord jesus christ Oh my, what a savior. What comfort we can glean from this. Behold, the shepherd gathers the lambs with his arms and carries them in his bosom. Again, what a preacher of God embracing his children with his arms. This proclaims the love that he has for them. And this also tells of the intimacy and closeness of our relation to our great God. We've been reconciled to our God through Christ and Christ alone. It's Christ who purchased us with his precious blood. It's Christ who carries us and upholds us. He does that for every single one of his born-again, blood-washed children, beloved. So what a tender truth is brought forth here before us. In times of danger and suffering, the mother or father carries the child in their arms. They take the child up when they are fallen and hurt they comfort them by unfolding their loving arms around them when they are sick they nuzzle them into their bosom so what a picture we have here then of the constant care and tenderness of our great heavenly father for his children no matter what we're going through pain tribulation trials no matter what we go through all the constant care and tenderness of our great heavenly father this is one of the blessings of suffering it causes us what does what does suffering cause us to do? It causes us to lay our head upon Christ, doesn't it? It causes us to lay our head upon Christ. I remember a dear sister telling me one time that she was thankful for the cancer which which the Lord had given her because it drew her closer to Christ. That was Sister March, and she said it drew me closer to Christ, brother Wayne. my, oh my, that's grace, that's grace given to a to a believer my so contrast how a mother and father's arm may be. Holding us in an embrace, but they eventually become frail, don't they? But that love that they have for you makes it strong still. But think of this. The strong arm of the Lord Jesus Christ, the strong arm of God, is all-powerful. It'll never become frail. And think of this. The very one who holds us in his arms is the very one who supports the world. And this divine arm of God encircles every one of his feeble children. And all the power of the universe cannot tear it away from them. Now, how How that truth is comforting to God's people is comforting to us, isn't it? The eternal God is thy refuge, the scripture declares. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Oh, our scripture says the eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms, all powerful arms, beloved. His arms are all powerful arms, secure arms, protecting arms. They're the everlasting arms of God. In this is where believers find comfort. This is where believers find comfort and joy. Consider these words in Isaiah in light of our text today. Isaiah 26 verses 1 to 4. In that day, in the gospel day, shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And that's who we're to trust in is Christ, right? No matter what goes on in this world. Look at verse four. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah, the self-existent one, is everlasting strength. Oh, those everlasting arms wrapped around his people. Oh my goodness. So the truth of the all-powerful arms of God upholding us is brought forth in verse four there in Isaiah 26. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Oh, what power here. The arms, the everlasting arms of God can never be broken. They can never be unclasped from beneath God's people. We can never be torn away from his grass. And remember the words of our Lord in the Gospel of John when he proclaims that no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand and no man can pluck us out of his hands. Why? Because his hands are the everlasting hands of God. And we see that this truth is being brought forth both in Deuteronomy 33 and there in Isaiah 26. Think also of the endurance of the everlasting arms of God, embracing us and upholding us. Arms of our loved ones, they grow weary as they age, even in love's embrace. But the arms of of our great God are everlasting arms. They shall never grow weary. And we are embraced with the everlasting arms of God. Beloved, I ask you, is this not the highest blessedness of divine affection and care that God has for his people? Here is an embrace that knows no separation. Think of that. Here's an embrace that knows no separation. We are embraced by our great God while we are here on earth, and we will see him face to face in glory. Oh my, knows no separation. Never unclassed. You know, uh, an embrace of a loved one, if they're dying, it'll unclasp. But our God, he is eternal, and he ever watches over us. And think of this blessed word here, underneath. A story is told of a father who tried to save his child in the waves, clasping his arms around his beloved son. But his arms were too weak, and the child slipped from them and sank away into the deep, dark waters and perished. Beloved of God, the arms of God are underneath his children. And none can sink out of his embrace. None can slip out of his embrace. And his arms are always underneath people of God. Now the waves of life and the waves of sorrow are very, very deep, aren't they? Very, very deep. But still and forever, underneath the deepest floods of life are the everlasting arms of God upholding we who are his people. Human friendships may be stripped away and we may stand alone in our sorrows yet we are never alone beloved because underneath us are the everlasting arms of God God remains and God suffices at all times abundantly for his people when death comes and it will for every believer when all our earthly things fade away when every hand unclasped from ours and when every face of love fades from our eyes And we sink away into what seems like darkness. Beloved of God, rejoice as we are embraced in the everlasting arms of God. For the born-again, blood-washed child of God, departing from this world, is to depart from earth's weariness, to depart from earth's pain, to depart from earth's sorrow, to depart from our sinfulness, and to be forever in the presence of our great God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let the truth of these scriptures that we looked at today just flood into your souls. You who are the beloved of God, God, the eternal God, is your refuge and mine. And his everlasting arms are underneath us. So what joy this will bring to the people of God. It will cause us to rest in Christ, won't it? With a deeper trustful settling down upon him. And upon his atoning work, just to totally rest in Christ. And if we do this when we are troubled, if we do this when we are tried, we will find a well of strength outside of ourselves that we can continuously draw from. And that well is the Lord Jesus Christ. We will find that when we are in Saul, we can rejoice because of Christ. When we are in temptation, we will find that we have victory in Christ, in Christ alone, in life. In all the things of life, if we draw from this well, the well of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, we will find that in life we will find strength in knowing that the everlasting arms of God are underneath us and upholding us at all times. And he will never, never, never leave his people, nor forsake us. Never. Oh, what peace that can bring the child of God. there would be times of sorrow and times of tears. We know that. But oh, underneath, to know that underneath us upholding us are the everlasting arms of God. Oh my, what peace we can have. God himself has ordained that each believer in Christ is chosen from their generation. Let us consider this lastly, that God is the father of his people and we are a chosen generation. As God the father chose his people in Christ, Before the foundation of the world. And God himself has ordained every believer in Christ. To be of the chosen in each generation. And he did this in eternity. So it has nothing to do with us. We are but receivers of this mercy and grace. Receivers. And rejoice beloved of God. We are purchased by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And we've been given faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we shall shall dwell in safety if we are in the everlasting arms of God. We dwell in safety amidst all the things that go on in this world. We dwell in safety in the everlasting arms of our great God. Oh my, Moses told the children of Israel that they dwell in safety. And they're a picture of the church, beloved. We dwell safely in the everlasting arms of God. Rejoice. The scriptures declare that our God will thrust out our enemy from before us. And will say, destroy them. Rejoice, beloved of God. The eternal, everlasting arms of our great God are underneath us. And God himself is our refuge. Jehovah the self-existent one is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms of God upholding us and keeping us praise his mighty name amen